You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Now, if you know me at all, normally what we like to do at our church is we take the scripture that we're looking at and we get into it and we go into it, not with a machete, we go into it with a scalpel or not really with a scalpel, we go with open eyes looking at what it is we can do to receive and glean from this. We try to pull everything we can out of this and we launch the sermon through that. Today, we're going to do a little different. We're going to do all of the scripture unpacking and dissecting at the end as sort of proof to everything else we're going to talk about, okay? So sort of the exclamation point will come, rightfully so, at the end of the message today. So we're looking at a vision for gospel-centered community. Let's pray, and then we'll dive in. Father, as we've already been saying today, you are worthy You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our work. You're worthy of any attention we get. Every time a child laughs, every time uh, an elderly person is comforted, it is the work of your grace extending to your people, through your people, to those who need it. And so, Father, I pray that you would convince us of your vision for our lives. Make us ready to hear it. Open us up and make us ready to do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I believe that there are three very important needs that every human ever has needed. The needs to believe, to belong, and to become. It's very important that we long for something important or something significant to believe in something that gives us hope, something meaningful that we're hoping and that we're anchoring to. A belief system is a need we all have, everyone has ever had. Those in the church, those outside the church, something to believe in. We have a need that we all have and we all long for something to belong to. It's not just an idea or belief system we need to be hooked up to. It's, it's something bigger than us that we need to belong to, something that we're connected to, that we identify with, that gives us meaning. A third need is that need to become. You ever thought about deep down the need that you're growing and developing better in your life? The need to become something you're not? The need to become what you were created to become? Believe, belong, become or a quest that humanity is after. Often what we believe in isn't necessarily something that helps us to become a better person. So there's a there's crossing roads there. Maybe for a, a sweet spot it feels good, but but other you believe in this thing and all of a sudden you're not becoming who you need to be and you see that it's not connected right. There's a quest that we all have had since Adam and Eve to belong. Adam and Eve sinned the first sin. They were cast out. And ever since then, there's this quest. I want to belong back to what God created me for. We all have this, something to believe in, something to belong, and that they all are the same thing. They're all together. 
When Jesus came, he changed everything. Actually, when Jesus came, he fulfilled everything. And after the resurrection, he instituted the church. And in the church, the church is to serve to meet these needs for people that have something to believe in, someone to belong to, and someone that's helping them become who God created them to become. This is what the church is for. And unfortunately, many churches today have lost their way. They forget their mission. They forget the mission that God's given to them to bring glory to themselves by bringing joy to others and seeing that go back and forth, back and forth. Glory to God, more joy. Glory to God, more joy. And that happens when our needs are met in Christ alone. There's a joy that comes and grows when we as a church do church the way that God prescribed for us to do it. This is what we're talking about the next two weeks, a vision for gospel-centered community and the need we have for it. So what do we mean by community? What do we mean by community groups? In two weeks, we're going to launch for our city, for our church, community groups that are going to be meeting in homes throughout our area. What do we mean by this? What are community groups? Here's a definition. People gathered together to connect with, care for, and grow each other for God's glory and our joy. A people. Okay, you got to have people if you're going to have a group, right? So that's easy. You're with me, okay? Go ahead and say that. People, part of a group. Say that. People, part of a group. Got to be have people, be part of a group. If you have a group of one, you're not in a group. I hate to tell you that, okay? People gathered together to connect with, to care for, practical ways to stay, practical ways to be connected with each other in a group, community group, caring for, connecting with each other is a practical way to not be overlooked you come into this room, you sit on your pew, and no matter where you sit, you could be overlooked. You just, it could happen. It may have happened already to you this morning, and we're sorry for that. But in a big group, where there's lots of people, it could happen. But in a community group, you're cared for. It's harder to be overlooked in a community group. And also, you um, will not be overlooking your chance to care for others. A lot of times people come to a church this size or bigger or whatever, and they say, I don't feel like I'm being used. Well, in a community group, your chance to be plugged in and to care for others and to connect with your gifts is doable. A people gather together to connect with, to care for, and to grow. Some growth happens in Sunday school. Some growth happens in what we're doing right now. This is good when people come together, they hear, they get to sing together, they get to worship together, they get to look at what scripture says corporately, they hear a vision from God through the Bible to us. That's good, that's some growth, but 
Growth really happens when we're helping one another take what we're hearing and put feet to it. And we get to do that better. We get to talk it out. We get to share it with each other. So people gather together to connect with, to care for, and to grow. This is what we mean. Today we're going to look at the why of community groups, the why of gospel-centered community. And next week, we're going to look at the how we're going to do it. My desire is to answer only the question of why this is important for you. And it will probably, if you're engaged, create a lot more questions. Okay, now how am I supposed to do this? We'll come back next week. It's a teaser. Come back next week. We're going to talk about hi, we will, how we will present to you the people that will be leading our community groups as of now. So come back next week and we'll do that. So there are several reasons why this is important. The first reason why community groups are important for us is it's God's vision. I would think that that would be sufficient. Whatever it is that God says that we should do, whatever his plan is for the church is something that should be, I think, scheduled into our activity. It's God's vision for us. Think about it this way. We need to embrace the identity that God has for this church body. We need to embrace the identity that God has for you as a person. Listen to some of what we're called. Listen to our identity for those who are in Jesus, who are following Jesus. You were called the child of God, meaning you are one of a family under God. You are already following Jesus. You are grouped with other children. You're a child of God, part of his family. You are, the church is considered the bride of Christ, not individual brides. He didn't save you so that you individually can be the bride. You're a part of the church, and he calls the church his bride, collective bride of Christ. We are part of the body. Have you heard that phrase before? We're going to look at it later in scriptures that we are like you're a part of the body. When you're following Jesus, you become part of his body means there's an important piece that you're contributing. It's not all about you, but you're a part of something. You're belonging. In Titus 2.14, he says that there's a people eager to do good things. Paul's writing to Titus, an individual, talking about us as a new church, as people eager to do good things. So we're children of God. We're the bride of Christ. We're part of the body. We are people collectively eager to do good things. And this is consistent, isn't it, with everything we read about God in the Old Testament? Think about it. God chose a people. He saved a nation. He saved groupings of people. He grew. He loved them. He made a covenant with them them as a group, as an identity. You are my people, people connected. And think about this. You look in Scripture, you look in the Old Testament, you see if there were individuals who were breaking covenant, who were uh, hurting the connection in the group of people, what was happening with them? They were deconnected. A lot of times God would say, okay, that person needs to be cast out. Why? Why? Because they were hurting the people. They were going against the identity of God's groupings, his family. When a king, a judge, or individuals defied God's laws, 
It was the people that suffered. We are connected. If you are following Jesus, you are connected as people. This is God's vision for us to be in community. The story of God with his people is the story of God rescuing individuals, committing to them, and plugging them into a group. I love it. He rescues sinners to save them to his community. God rescued you. He saved you. And he brought you into his family to plug you into a community. This is his vision for us. This is God's vision for you and your family. This is God's vision no matter your age, no matter your walk of life. He wants to plug you into a gospel community. He loves you that much, wants to plug you in with others. So the first reason why it's God's vision, it's always been his vision to connect us with groups in community. Very important. The second reason why we are going to pursue community groups here is we need it. We need this. Next week, I'll talk about the need that our church, like just our local church body has for this. But today, I want to just start with saying, individually, you need community. We all do. There's several reasons why we need this. It's an opportunity for us to grow. Community groups are all about connection. It's all about caring. And it's all about growing. And individually, you have the opportunity to grow. Answer questions in a group. Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I doing? Being in a group, you get to talk that out with people. You get to minister to one another as others are seeking this out. As an individual football player... Do you grow and know how to be a better blocker, tackler, if you're just out there by yourself with some dummy? No. The coach puts you with other dummies. And says, this is the people. We're going to grow. We're going to learn this together. We're going to learn these plays together. Even if you are playing individual sport like tennis and you're just hitting against a wall the whole time, are you really developing? One, the wall never loses, for one, Okay. So that's kind of defeating. But no, you're with somebody. You're doing this give and take back and forth. You're stretching yourself. You're becoming something and someone. We need this because it helps us grow. When we commit to a community group, we will have more opportunities to grow as an individual than if you were to be alone by yourself. In a community group, you'll have the opportunity to talk out application to the scripture. Again, next week we'll talk about how we're going to do this, but the goal is that you take in everything that's going on in your life throughout the week. You go to worship, you go to Bible studies, and you're taking in all this stuff, and you go to community groups, and you just get to unpack it with your friends. What does this mean for me? Pastor said that. I don't think I understand that. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know what's going on. You get to have a whole group working with you to apply it to your life for your growth. When I was young, when I was a teenager, I was always told, I need to have a quiet time, I need to pray every day, I need to read the Bible every day. And I would do that. I for sure prayed every day. But you know, it didn't really take off for me as a discipline until I got into a group 
a community group. We called it at that time an accountability group, about six or seven guys, and we'd get together. And there was this challenge that we're all going to help each other grow. And so the next, when we started meeting the group, we're sitting there listening to the pastor preach. Guess what? We're taking notes. I was always told to take notes, but now I'm really taking notes because I know during group time, we're going to talk about this. It challenged me to grow. When I was in college, I remember that took it up to another level. I got with a group on Saturday nights with these guys, and here's why we did it on Saturday nights. Because as a college student, when do you tend to get into most trouble? I was just trying to see when y'all got in trouble. No, I, for us, we realized it was mostly Saturday nights. Saturday nights is when we could be out the latest, which meant what? On the next morning, you probably weren't ready to get up and go to church. And so we said, you know what? On Saturday nights, we're going to get together, about eight guys, and we're going we're gonna to sing together. We worship. We had a guy come lead us, so it wasn't just me. Um, and we're going to pray together. We're going to go through the Bible together. It'd be about two and a half hours. We'd get in my little trailer, my little mobile home, and we'd rotate where we're going to meet. And that grew me like never before. I wasn't an individual. I wasn't alone. I could go all through the week and go, you know what? That day's coming. I'm going to get with my boys, and we're going to get together, and we're going to help each other. We're going to challenge one another. We're going to pray for one another. And that advanced my spiritual growth so much. Another thing it did for me is it primed the pump of my heart to get me ready for Sunday morning versus just staying at home watching Saturday Night Live. It got me ready. It got me expected. Oh, we get to go to church. And we all went to different churches. And we all got to listen. We all had receptive hearts because our small group of guys grew us to eagerly expect that and want that. We need to grow. And this is one reason why community groups are so important. Growth happens best when you're in a community of like-minded people. Growth happens best when you're in a community of like-minded people and you're sharing that. And think about it this way. A gospel-centered community will grow you to be a gospel-centered person. We need this. You need it because you need to grow. You need it because you need care for. You need to be cared for. Oh, how we all need support we all need assistance, don't we? We need care. And if you're there today thinking, I don't really need care, you really need care. God's vision for you is for you to not be on an island by yourself caring only for yourself. There are things that can, you can grow in. There's ways you can be served by others. We need care. A commitment to a community group rescues us, cares for us. Also, it's an easy way to care for others. If you think, well, I don't really need care. I don't really need small group. And like, I'm just going to do my own little like Bible study over here, or I'm going to do my own little thing over here. And you're not connecting with other people in the group because you don't think you need them. I want to say something to you. Lovingly, you are selfish. God did not save you to isolate yourself in your Bible. He saved you to connect you with other people. Maybe you're at a season where you don't need a lot of things. 
Maybe God wants to connect you with people so that they can trust you and you can serve them. You're part of the body. We need it because we need to be cared for. We need it because we need to be connected with others. So important that we understand this. In gospel community, you get connected to the Bible with others. In group discussion, you get connected to the good news. You get to hear stories and testimonies of what's going on. You get to be connected to God's work, even if you're not feeling it. Let me tell you a story. This is true. There's nothing in this that's embellished. At my last church, or what, two churches ago, in Port Lavaca, where I was pastor, we had groups. We called them heart groups. The H-E-I-R-T had an acronym. We're not doing that. It's cheesy. Um, but anyway, it was heart groups. And we had this one guy that was coming to one of our heart groups, and his name was Mickey. And Mickey, we'd been praying for Mickey for a long time. He was having kidney failure. He was on dialysis, and every week it was getting weaker and weaker. But you know how that goes when you're on dialysis? You're waiting for a kidney. You're put on this list, and it just seems wrong. It just seems like, oh, my goodness. What? And we're all connected to Mickey's story. We're there. I don't have a kidney problem, but I'm feeling it with Mickey. I'm like, oh, this is bad. We're praying for Mickey. There was this young lady who came to be a part of our group, came to our church. She was baptized. She was saved. She found true joy, true change in her life. Transformation was happening. She's like, what now? What now? I was like, Rhonda, you need to get in a group. Well, she came to this group, and she's being a part of this story, and she's hearing Mickey's story. And two weeks later, she comes to our heart group and says, I want to give Mickey my kidney. Now, Please no, I'm not asking anybody to join a group so that we can trade organs and do all that. It's not what we're after. A month later, I'm in Victoria Hospital and I'm part of this amazing exchange that I never would have dreamed happened. Now, there were so many people that advised Rhonda don't do this. Don't, you're, you're new to the faith. I mean, this, what are you doing? I mean, like, have you, I don't say it that meanly, but it's like, have you thought it through this? She, on her own, before the announcement, got tested, got checked out, was approved. And Rhonda began to tell me the rest of her story. She said, Jason, my whole life I've been abused. My whole life I've been mistreated by men. My whole life, I have felt like I had nothing good to give to anybody. And you, Jason, told me Jesus made me valuable. And now you're telling me not to give my kidney? See, everybody in the group, we were connected to that story. What my kidney, that's my sister in Christ, was changed and gave her life to Christ gave her kidney to a brother. See, when you're connected with others, even if you feel a dullness in your life, you feel like things aren't tracking, you feel like you're just kind of in the valley, you're not really going well, you're just kind of bored, guess what? Not everybody in your group's bored. God's doing something, and your need to be connected to his story being played out in those around you is so big. It's so important. Most of us think 
that God's work revolves around us. And me, as the pastor of that church, being in community group with that group, I realized it's not revolving around me at all. There's something bigger going on. I'm a part of this work. You need to be connected in community. You need to join a group. You need to get to hear their stories. You need to get to share their stories. In a group, you need this because you get to connect with different people. It's so important. Different ages, different ethnic groups, different ways that we're doing this. I believe that community groups is the best way. Gospel-centered community groups is the best way to connect with others and be involved with the bigger story of God. Those who just attended our church on Sunday mornings didn't get connected to Rhonda and Mickey's story. They weren't connected with God's bigger story, what's happened. That is one of many stories that was going on in our groups. We want to be connected. We need to be connected. So caring for each other, connecting with each other, growing together, it's what transforms us. And by the way, there are many of you in our church that are already doing this work. On Friday nights, I don't know if you know this church, but there's some brothers and sisters who are doing some amazing things as they unite together, they group together, they love on each other, they sing together, they point people to God together, so they're caring for each other, connecting with each other, and they're growing each other. Many of you may have asked, how come the Palauans are willing to go and give up like their weekends and vacation time to go plant a church somewhere? It's crazy, and it's awesome. And they've been meeting on Friday nights together, doing community together, and we're just saying, I'm just presenting to you, church, it's time for the rest of us to join in. It's time for us to taste and see that experience, to taste and see the radical work that can happen in our small groups when we do life together in a way that maybe launches us to do crazy radical things in our community. So we need it. It's God's vision. Individually, we need it. And lastly, our community needs this. Our community needs a group of people that are gospel-centered and they're doing community out with them. Our community needs people of God to connect with. Our community needs not just a pastor to come visit them. If you or anybody is expecting the, what, however many pastors we have in this city to be the only ones visiting others, I have two block slots a week, afternoon periods where I've blocked out for like visitation and trying to connect with people. That's it, just two times a week. I'm one person. Think that's gonna make a difference in our city? It might encourage you. But so far, very little of that connection has been with lost people. Our community needs us to be organized so that we're launching groups out there on their streets, on their corners, that's gospel-centered, that you're saying to them, why don't you come into my home? Or you're saying to them, you're having a venture house, I'm coming into your home. I'm coming to visit with you. All of us long to belong to something. 
Last night, my family and I, we did a very weird thing. We had tickets. My wife and my daughter and my son read this series of books, Harry Potter, and they got tickets to this the movie of the first show, the what's the what's the first one? I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, y'all know what it is. The first story of Harry Potter of all the books. They're showing the movie at Bass Hall with a live orchestra playing the music. And so my wife thought, this is cool. We've all we've all read the books. We all haven't read the books. I haven't read the books. We've all seen the movies. We haven't all seen the movies. I haven't seen the movies. So she thought this would be good. So we all cram in, and there are people walking into the bass hall that just, I'm like, what are they wearing? What's going on here? Capes? <laughs> Women wearing T-shirts with this weird tie on it? I'm like, what's, what's happening? And so the conductor of the orchestra said, this is the Austin Symphony and Orchestra. Normally our concerts are supposed to be real classy, supposed to be real quiet, but this is a different night. We want you cheering for something in the movie that you feel connected with. And so I was telling Daniel this morning, I'm going to mess these names up, but when Huff and Puff group or whatever that is was called out, guess what? There's a whole bunch of people that were yelling and screaming, yeah, that's my group when Slytherin, whatever that is, was, anyway, just you get where I'm going. There were people in this orchestra event that were connected to Harry Potter's victory at that game, whatever it was. What is that game called? Quidditch, yeah, Quidditch. People stood up and were cheering a fictitious game on a movie that they had seen probably 100 times. Why? The need to belong and to be connected in a community is far-reaching. Our community, the people outside these walls, are longing for somebody to present something meaningful to them to connect with. If you walk or drive on Friday nights, Thursday nights, Saturday nights, south, Royal, you turn on Royal from Main Street and you're there at the brewery, you got the Chupacabra, and you got that wonderful Mexican restaurant. Anyway, and you're right there, and you just see hundreds of people, hundreds of people in community doing life together. And all the churches are huddling up on Sunday. <laughs> what I'm saying is we need a church that loves the community so much that we're going to say, we're going to come do community with you. We're going out of the church. We're going out there into our homes, and we're going to listen to your needs, and we're going to invite you to our homes, and you're going to invite us to your events, even at those places, and we're going to come with you and be with you there. Our community needs gospel-centered community groups out there. Our community needs to know that they're cared for by the church. It speaks volumes when your neighbor who knows you're having people at your house feels invited to your house. It speaks so much more to your neighbors or to your coworkers if you say, why don't you come over? We're gonna, we kind of talk about issues like this at my house and we pray together. We'd love for you to be there. We'd love to pray for you as a group. It means more to them to get invited to that than say, why don't you come hear my preacher talk at you? It just does. It means more. 
that you would invite them into your home. They feel cared for. They feel like you love them and that you really want them to be there. Nowadays, believe it or not, as skeptical as the generations continue to grow to be, sometimes an invitation to a church building sounds like you're just wanting to build numbers in the building. But when you invite them over to your house for coffee, when you invite them over into your community groups, and they're looking and they're hearing Rhonda do this for me. What? Who? What's going on here? That's what our community needs. Church, we are not reaching and engaging our own city. I'm going to share some harsh things with you that you might not be aware of. Our city, I've interviewed people before I moved here. I've interviewed people since I've been here. I try to talk to them and listen to them. <laughs> the image of this gathering is like we're the C team. There's this view that we're this cute, little, sweet country church that loves to do their little Bible studies, but not engage the community. And so if you're saved, you can go out there, but that's not reaching our community. We have to change the image that people have of our church. We don't want to be fake about it either. We want to encourage one another. Let's do gospel community groups. Let's be real. Let's take it to the neighborhood and say, hey, community, just come hang out with us. We're not goofy. Well, maybe we're a little goofy, but we just want to help you connect with God's vision for your life. That's it. Let's do that. Our community needs this. Now, let's look at Scripture. We're going to start with Colossians chapter 3. It's a passage that was read earlier. In Colossians 3, verse 14 through 17, it'll be up on the screen. Paul writes this to the gathering of people. Don't write this to individuals. He's writing this to the gathering of people. He says, verse 14, above all, put on love. Well, let's just pause. Let me translate that in 2017. It's not hard. Above all possible ideas that you could have, church, above all systems or programs or decor or budget or whatever, above everything. Don't even worry about that stuff until you are loving. Above all, love. Put on love, which is the perfect, what, bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ to which you were called, how? In one body. There's that connection there. Let it rule your hearts and be thankful. Let love be all that you're about. Let the peace of Christ as a group, as a community, rule your hearts that leads you to be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, looking it up, that's an individual you. So let the word of Christ dwell in you individually in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing how? One another, who? 
So individually receiving so that you can connect with others, encouraging them, teaching them, admonishing them through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and singing. You see here a connection to one another. You see your commitment to grow. You see even caring for one another. And whatever you do, verse 17, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's a gospel-centered commitment to community. Let's look at another passage. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, this is one Daniel read earlier. We see a vision from God. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace. This is our need. We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. We need um, something to believe in. Well, Jesus came and proclaimed news for us to believe in. To you who were far away, those outside the camp, those outside of the Abraham covenant, and peace to those who are near, those inside. For through him, meaning because of Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Jesus did something new. He brought us together in community. So then you are no longer foreigners. You're no longer strangers. You're fellow citizens with the saints, together, and members. You see the word member all the time, and it means you're with others. Partnership of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. So you get what he's saying here. Look at the person next to you. You're, you're a stone. <laughs> you're like a brick. And the way God's designed this for your growing joy, for your growing security, for your growing peace, is that you put every person around you, another brick, another brick, another brick, another brick, and you're all one brick foundational wall together with Christ as the cornerstone. This togetherness is God's vision, connected together. In him, verse 22, you are also being built together. The next passage is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. We see it again. Peter says, above all, maintain constant love for one another. The easiest, most practical way to do this, join a group, get in a community group, so that you're not in violation of that command. <laughs> above all, maintain constant love for one another. Get in a group so you can love others. Since love covers a multitude of sins, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each has received a gift, use it to serve others. You get the point here. Two more. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the whole chapter is about Paul talking about the importance of belonging to the body of Christ, using your gifts. It's right before 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Anybody married lately? Okay, that's what the chapter is always used in weddings. The love chapter, right before that, is the calling for us to remember that we're a part of the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ. An individual members of it. It's God's vision 
your need. Last one. Hebrews chapter 10. It's what Dana read earlier. We could spend weeks on these three verses. We're spending a minute and a half, maybe. Let us hold on. Does it say, okay, Philip, hold on. You, hold on. Does it say, okay, Rob, you individually. Oh, no. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. And let us watch out for who? One another. To pro- <laughs> I love this. To provoke to love and good works. You didn't know that I'm asking you to join a community group so that you can be next to somebody that's going to be like poking you. Are you doing anything good? Are you doing anything good? Come on, are you doing anything good? Let's go. Let's do something good. It won't be that irritating. It better not be that irritating. But that's the meaning here. That when you're in a group of people who get it, they get God's vision, they understand their need, you're caught up into what I call, real simply, positive peer pressure. The group's going this way. I want to grow this way. I like what they're, I need that, I want that. It's that momentum that's provoking me to go do stuff and to be with others and serve my neighbors. Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. It's easy to just kind of read that last part and be trite about it. But here's the reality, folks. When Christ came, he died. He came up with a message. He lived it out. He died for us. He rose again. He said, what? I will be coming back. And sometimes when I'm in a community group and I'm battling temptation with sin, I'm battling frustrations as either a husband or a dad or just me being me with all my stuff, and somebody just says to me, there's coming a day. There's coming a day, Jason. There will be no more sin. Your temptations, your sin that you've given me that hurts other people, there's coming a day where you won't hurt anybody anymore. There's coming a day. You get that in group. You get that in a community group. AA doesn't promise that. N.A. doesn't promise that. Gospel community groups that point people to the promise of heaven says together, we're in this together. Let's grow, let's care for one another, and let's connect. That's our plan. That's our vision. Come next week to learn how we're going to do this. So as we wrap up, if you're here, I want to remind you of our goal and our mission and our church It's to cultivate a community where people encounter God, are equipped with truth, and learn to engage others. That's our mission statement. Sometimes we dumb it down by just saying the three E's. Encounter, equip, engage. But what we're going to start is this first part of it. We're going to start cultivating a community that will help us do this. 
okay? I'm inviting you to say, I'm in. Let's go, church. Let's engage our community. I need it. They need it. And it's God's vision. Let's grow. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you, if you close your eyes when you pray, if you, if you don't, that's fine. I just want to say two things. Church, if you are saved and you already belong to this fellowship and you get it and you're just ready for the how, I want to ask you to start praying right now that God would show you which group to join. You may say, Jason, I don't, I don't know who the groups are. Well, just leave that to the Lord. We'll reveal those groups next week. But I want you to go and start praying which group God is leading you and your family to go to. I want you to pray that the Spirit would start guiding your family, children, teenagers, everybody, to be open to going to a gospel community group. If you're one of our guests here and, and you don't know Jesus, you're not following Jesus, I, wa I want you to know we're, we're here for you. We care for you. We want to connect you with God's story for your life. And if that's you, we want more than anything to, to connect you with our king and our master and our hero and the one we celebrate, and his name is Jesus. And if you want to know more about him, when we break up today, just come talk to me. Ask. I want that. I want to be connected with Jesus. I want to learn how to change and to do all that. Daniel, myself, one of the elders, we'll, we'll be standing around. Just ask us what we want to do. That's our invitation to you. Just come Talk to us. Heavenly Father, you reign over all things. You have a vision, not just for grace. It's your vision for your people. And it has always been for us to be in community, celebrating your work and giving us joy. God, help us to organize this well. Help us to be patient with each other. And above all, Lord, help us to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and help us to love our 